Welcome to the official podcast for Heresy Hunters. My name is Mike Natal, and I'm super excited uh, to start this podcast. And I want to start right off in saying and asking the question that I'm sure many ask is, Heresy hunting biblical? Because I think that the most important thing to go through right now, other than the gospel, which we will cover in a second, is before we start this whole podcast, I think that question needs to be answered, right? Is heresy hunter hunting even biblical? Is what I'm doing even biblical? Does it even matter, right? And why are you even listening to this? So to answer the question very plainly, it is biblical and it is an actual mandate for all believers. And you might be saying, well, um, mm, I don't think so. Well, no, look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It tells us to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So we are called to preach the word, right? And actually, in Galatians, it says that we need to expose what is evil. So what we need to understand is it is a mandate. This is what we're called to do, guys. Um, so, yes, firsthand, um, being labeled a heresy hunter, um, probably not the best thing you want to be labeled, right? Um, most people that expose heresy are usually hated. <laughs> I mean, the amount of backlash that I've been getting since I started the page has been pretty significant. However, we're doing this for God, right? We want to expose evil so that God's truth will be magnified. That's the purpose of this. And I want you to know my heart really quickly before we continue on. I came from false teaching. My parents and the rest of my family has always been divided by religion. Roman Catholic, hyper-Pentecostalism, it's great divide of heresy, and I saw it all. And I, and a bunch of more heresy that I would, you know, that I would be here for a couple hours explaining. And eventually, you guys will know. However, I want to focus on this prevalent question first. Is what I'm doing unbiblical, or is it actually biblical? We saw that in 2 Timothy, it says that we are called uh, to rebuke, to, to reprove, to exhort, and complete patience and teaching what is true. But see, the interesting part is when we start reading chapters like, I don't know, Acts chapter 20, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, in Second Peter chapter 2, uh, when it explains that false teachers will arise and bring with them destructive heresies, distorting the truth and destroying the faith of some, etc. You know, when you see um, passages like that, I don't know about you, but for me, it just brings forth a, a burden in my heart. I want to expose those things. I want to dig deep and be able to warn God's people and, and tell them, listen, this is false. Like, there is truth, and that is God's word alone. You don't need extra revelation, right? So I'm very passionate about this because it is so prevalent in the church, guys. Um, it is very important. And we need to test everything by the light of Scripture. Test all things, like it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 21. I mean, think about the Bereans, Right? As they examine the words of the Apostle Paul. And he actually commends them by that characteristic that they were willing to apply what he was teaching to the Word of God to see if it was actually correct. Right? We see that in Acts 17. So in that same manner, we should be like that, right? We should always be in the hunt. Um, 
is the person preaching this is the person presenting this material are they aligning with scripture right it's what i'm saying aligning with scripture that's that's how we should be as believers it is very important guys again we need to correct and rebuke false teaching why because it, it, it's obvious it's it's in the it's in the scriptures as we saw in second timothy 4 2 right as a matter of fact we as Christians are held accountable for claiming the whole will of God, warning others about false teaching. That is what we're called to do. Why? I mean, check out Acts chapter 20, verse 26 to 28. One more scripture, Ezekiel 33, verse 7 and 9. Ezekiel 34, verse 1 to 10. Right? And it's not only our job to correct and to rebuke, but it's also to keep the church accountable. There has to be church discipline, guys. And it comes from the members of the church as well. We need to keep the church accountable to God's word. Like it says in Matthew 18, you know, you look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20, 2 Timothy 2, 17 to 18, 2 Timothy 4, 14 to 15, 3 John 9 to 10. See, there's many verses that show us that we need to be standing up for God's word, rebuking, exhorting, correcting, properly dis, uh, disciplining uh, believers that are going against God's word. That is our job. That is love, right? But we should do it in love and with respect. That is obvious. But we need to be doing that, church. And this is why I, I initially wanted to start a page exposing heresy and to teach right doctrine and to encourage people to follow proper, um, you know, proper teachers and and not only that, but also um, allow them to see the error in a lot of the teaching that is very modern now. And you might be saying, well, okay, you said earlier that exposing heresy is a mandate. Um, I don't think so, Micah. Well, no, it very much is. We are, we're, we're held accountable and we're, we are supposed to be warning people and guarding others against false teaching. If you don't believe me, go read Romans chapter 16. Read the whole thing. But if you want what I'm talking about, Romans 16, chapter, uh, verse 17 to 18. Yeah, that's right. Um, as a matter of fact, from there, continue on to the other verses that I mentioned. Like 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Or in that, in that same book, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. It's very clear. I don't understand. Matter of fact, Titus. Go to Titus as well. Chapter 1, verse 9. Chapter 2, verse 1 of Titus. Very specific that we are called to point them out of false teaching and to practice. Right? To practice discernment. That is what we're called to do. So, yes. Heresy hunting is very biblical. Matter of fact, it is a mandate for believers. So I wanted to cover that just so you understand that what, what we're doing is very important. What you're listening to is what you're called to do, right? So I just wanted to explain that uh, primarily and so you can see my heart and understand my heart behind this. This is not me trying to um, be funny or... Whatever the case may be, this isn't a game. I, I, I take this very seriously. Um, there's much heresy that's destroying and shipwrecking people's faith and is disturbing. And this is why I wanted to do this in the first place. Because I love the Church of Christ. 
And I do not want to sit idle um, and see this false teaching ransack the church. It's just not going to happen. So, whew, all right, got that out of my system. <laughs> all right, so it would not be the first episode if we do not talk about the most important thing that we could ever talk about ever. Now, you might be saying, hmm, what's that? I mentioned it earlier, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that changes. That's the only thing that transforms a person's heart, right? So that should be the first thing that we tackle. That's the first thing that we should talk about, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the gospel always starts off, which is good news. The gospel means good news. It has to start with bad news because why would we need good news if there is no bad news? But most people think that we are aware that there's bad news to so these good news, but they're not. Most people don't know that they've sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We know that from Romans 3.23, but do we know the rest? Do we know the rest of the verses that talk about how depraved we are? It is because of our sin that we're separated from God. As we see it in Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, right? This says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that I cannot save, or is ear dull that I cannot hear. But, but hear, hear this, hear this. But it says, Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face that he does not hear, right? So there's a problem that we face be- between, that, that we face um, against a holy God, that he is holy and we are not, right? He's holy. And we are sinful. We're filled with sin. And these, this sin separates us from him. And yet, no amount of good deeds, no amount of good service that we can do is ever going to sep- um, keep us from being separated. And we see that in Isaiah 64, verse 6. We all become like one who is unclean, right? And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We, we all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, take us away do you understand that we've all become like one who is unclean there's no cleanness in us there's no holiness in us right our righteous deeds the good things that we do to try to please god are like a polluted garment and in the greek that means what menstrual rags that's disgusting that's your good deeds they're trash that's crazy but that's the reality We cannot please God by our good works. It doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. Right? Because we know um, that no one is righteous, right? We always hear chapter 3 of Romans. No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. But but then we, we forget the rest. This is no one seeks for God. No one seeks God. No one does. We're by nature children of wrath. Like it says in Ephesians 2. All we do is sin, and we love it. No one seeks after God. All turn aside. Together they become worthless. No one is good. No one does good. Not even one. That's what Romans 3, um, verse 11 to 13 say, that our throats are an open grave, that we lie, that we're quick to to curse and, and to have bitterness and to shed blood and that there's no fear of God in our eyes because all we want to do is please ourselves. See, we are filled with sin and God is holy and he needs to punish sin. That is who he is. If he's a just judge, he has to punish sin and we're filled with it. So that is the great problem that we have. See, but interestingly enough, when we 
um, go to Romans chapter 3, we understand in verse 23 that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? But see, 24, it's just as important as 23, and people don't talk about it. What's 24? And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's amazing. What a verse. That yes, we've all sinned and fall short, but the only way to be justified, and justification means to be right with God, made right with God, is only by grace as a gift. See, we can't earn it. Because in that same chapter in Romans 6.23, it says that the wages of sin are death. That word wages is what you earned. When you go to work to get a paycheck, that's your wage. That's what you earn for the day. And what we've earned because of sin is death. But the free gift of God is grace through Christ Jesus, right? It is the grace of God. Jesus is the grace of God. That's why when we go to verse 24 of Romans 3, it says that we are justified by his grace as a gift. It is something that is given to us that we did not earn. And it is through, get this, through, not through you, not through what you think, not through your good works, not through your religiosity, but through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God put forward as a propitiation, as the payment by his blood to be received by what? By works? By jumping through a hundred hoops in church? No, not at all. <laughs> to be received by faith. That's amazing. This was to show what? To show God's righteousness because it's his divine forbearance he has passed over former sins. That's incredible. What else was it to show? It was to show his righteousness in, present, in the present time so that he, talking about God, might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So see, we're put in that dilemma that if God is just, he must punish sin, right? But then we understand, well, how can he punish sin and still be loving, blah, 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 as if that would change something about God's character. But no, the reality is that God can be just and the justifier, right? Because we also see in the Old Testament that curse is the one who justifies the wicked, right? But this is how God can be the can be just and the justifier, that there was a propitiation for our sins, and that propitiation was Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He took our place. And that's incredible. He took the wrath of God that we deserved to receive. And that is the truth of the gospel, that Jesus, the only perfect human being, fully man and fully God, came to this earth and he received the wrath of God for his elect. And those who will put their trust in him, because whoever the Father draws will come to him, come to him as, as it says in uh, John chapter 6, and he will raise him up in the last day. He died for those same people whom he foreknew before the foundation of the world. And that is good news. That is the good news of the gospel. That is only through Christ alone which we are saved. So if we repent and turn away from sin and put our trust in Christ alone, we will be saved. Why? Because of a prayer? Absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. The way to know Christ is the same way 
to be born. Let me ask you a question. Were you born the first time? Did you ask to be born the first time by your mother? No, you you were born the first time out of your will. No, it wasn't your will, right? It was God's will the first time. And the second time is just like the first. He does the work. You just fall into his mercy. You ask and you beg for him to forgive you. And you ask for him to give you a new heart. And that is the only way to come to him. Because he has already made a way for us to be forgiven. How? 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made Jesus to be sin when he knew no sin so that in Christ we can be righteous. He can make us righteous because he's the only one that can make us holy. As it says in Colossians chapter 1, he is the one who makes us holy. So the call for everyone is to repent and believe in the gospel. So have you repented and believed in the gospel? That's the question. That's the most important thing to go through. Because we could talk about heresy all day. But if you do not know the gospel, you will perish in your sins. And that's the reality. So I really do pray um, that you truly, um, if you don't know the Lord, you know, contact me in Heresy Hunters at Instagram or, you know, just I'm right here to talk if you need anything, to pray. Whatever you need, I'm here. Um, and if you already know the Lord, if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, I'm so glad that you chose to listen to this and you are not exempt from the gospel <laughs> we should be reminding ourselves of the gospel daily really is daily we should be reminding ourselves daily of the gospel so we can continue to press on to the end so thank you so much for listening to this i'm super excited to continue this podcast and i want to announce what we're about to do coming up so what's coming up with the Heresy Hunters podcast? So the first series that we're going to start is super exciting. It's going to be called Uncovering the Charismatic Movement. Whoa, that sounds that sounds uh, interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. The first episode, this is how it's going to go. The first, maybe first or second episode are going to be uncovering the roots of the charismatic movement, where it came from, who started it, where did all these teachings that we see, like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in gibberish, and all these different theories of how to worship God and how God says to worship Him, we're going to uncover through our research and our hunting. So I'm super excited to start this, Lord willing, next week and expose and uncover the charismatic movement from its roots with you. I'm super excited and I pray that this was a blessing to you as you heard the gospel. Maybe if this was the first time or the second time or the one billionth time, I pray that this was a blessing to you, that you're reminded that you were washed by the blood of Jesus and that is the only way why we're saved through faith alone in Christ alone for his glory alone. So I'm so excited. Um, uh, to start this podcast, and I'm looking forward um, to what's to come. So God bless you, and happy hunting.